Well, good morning again. If you were not here before, it is a good morning. Yes, it is. Uh, Today is the last in a three-part series that uh, we began three weeks ago. It It is good You know, three weeks ago, three-part series, it it works out generally that way. Um, Three weeks ago, we began this on waiting on God. Everybody loves to wait, waiting on God. And and as we've been talking about this, we we started with this idea of any time we go into a period, whether we are seeking God and we're saying, Lord, what should I do in this situation and then we begin to wait on God. Or, or maybe we're in a time where, where um, just something is going on and, and we don't know where is God. What, what is God doing in this situation? And, and we're just waiting. And we're waiting. And we don't know what, what, what's going on or what we're supposed to do. And we're saying, Lord, what, what is this? And, and we're, we're waiting for God. A period of waiting. And we said in week number one, there's a big difference between, Lord, where are you, and I don't know, and it's so terrible, and it's, it's bad, and it's wrong, and I'm waiting by myself. That period of waiting can be a, a terrible, terrible time versus, okay, God, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know what, what's supposed to happen, but I can wait with you because God wants to be with us. Even if he doesn't, doesn't reveal what we're supposed to do, doesn't reveal it, doesn't show us yet, he wants to wait with us, wants to be, wants us to wait in his presence, daily still with us in his presence to say, hey, I, I, I'm not going to show you necessarily yet. I want you to, it doesn't, doesn't mean he's going to reveal it yet, but I want to be with you in this time period, with you in this time period. And we've been looking at Moses and the Israelites after they they left slavery and they were on Mount Sinai. And God said, hey, you gotta wait here until you move on. I'm gonna give you these stone tablets. I'm gonna give you the law. But before you can move any step further, you have to wait here. The Israelites didn't like that. They didn't wanna wait. But Moses said, all right, God, I'm gonna wait and he waited in God's presence God didn't give him the tablets he didn't he didn't get to take a step but waiting with God waiting in his presence was an amazing experience for Moses and we saw how good it can be even in a period of waiting if we do it with God that was week number one week number two last week we saw that the moment when God speaks the moment when God does say okay this is what I want you to do or this is what is supposed to happen this is what it is this is where I want you to go then we have a decision to make then we can say all right Lord I'm gonna follow you I'm going to do that what whatever whatever it was that we were praying about whatever it is the situation okay Lord I will do that I will go with you on that that we have a decision to make or we say no no that God that's too hard I can't do that I'm not going to do that or some people will, will never even pray about something because they think I, I don't want to hear God's answer on that I don't want to hear God's potential answer on that how could I pray about forgiving my dad or my mom or somebody that really hurt me how could I pray about that God might tell me to forgive them. I don't want to pray about that. How could I pray about moving across the country and, and, and doing some new ministry for God and doing this? I don't want to pray about that. Maybe God would call me to do that. How could I pray about becoming a missionary in Kenya? 
God might tell me to do that, right? How, how could we do that? What would be God's answer? I don't know, and so I don't want to pray about that. That's crazy. And, and, and so that's the place that we can get. If, when we get to this point where God speaks, we have a decision to make. And when God spoke to the Israelites, we saw this last week, he said, okay, move on now. Here's the tablets. Go now and take the promised land. I want you to take it. He promised Abraham hundreds of years before this, you're going to have this country that you're living in. This is going to be your land for your descendants. Now, hundreds of years later, they have this nation. They had been in slavery. Now he says, go and take that land I had promised Father Abraham that had many sons and many sons. That's the guy. Yeah, now go and take the promised land. And they had a decision to make. And they, and they messed up and we saw a few different things. But now week three, we're going to get to this point of following, taking, going into the action. When we get to the action of are we going to do what God tells us to do? Are we following that step? going into that last step. And I've, I've been talking about um, kind of, uh, you know, where, where Nikki and I are in, in our whole situation. And as God has called us into our step, and, and, and this really began with us about a year ago as, as God started laying on, on my life. What am I supposed to do? And it's really been about a, a year of waiting and praying and, and talking to God on what am I supposed to do um, with, with our lives. And as God you know, called us into missions that this is where it's been. And so uh, for us, we're, we're kind of at this next step, and I haven't taken the step of what we're going to talk about today to actually begin where we're going to be. That'll be in July when we actually move. So I'm right there. I'm right at this stop, step, step, stop. We're right there. And this is where the Israelites are today. This is where they are. And they were, they were called. We're not going to see this part, but, but they, they started to go towards the promised land. And they went, and Moses took them. And, and they started to go towards the promised land. And they got there, and they got to the edge, and they sent in 12 spies. And they spied out the land. And maybe most of you know this story, but they, they looked in the land, and they said, check it out, see how good it is. And they came back, and they said, yeah, it's, it's good. It's really good. But 10 of the guys said, but, but it's too scary. It's too, it's too bad. It's too hard. The people there are like giants. The, the cities are, are huge and their walls are crazy. We can't do it. Two of the spies, though, Caleb and Joshua, said, no, we can. We can take it. We can do it. But the, but the ten that said no got the, the, the other people in the country scared. They said, we can't. And so they convinced Moses and they said, all right, well, well we're not. And because they wouldn't, God told them, all right, well, I'm still with you. I'm still your God. You're still my nation but you're going to spend the next 40 years wandering the wilderness. And none of you, none of this generation is ever going to get to go in to the promised land. None of you. Your kids will get to go in, but none of you will get to step foot in. And Moses, you're never going to get to go in. You'll get to see it, but you're never going to get to go in. All the, 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 all the time Moses spent waiting to receive the tablets. He wanted to do it, but now he doesn't get to go in because they were too scared. They got to this point. They heard what, what God wanted to do. They got to the, the moment of, of action, but they were too scared to follow through with it, too scared to do what God had told them to do. 
And so now we get to this point today, and we're in Joshua 3. So Moses passed away. God said, Joshua, one of the two guys that actually said, yeah, we should take it, he's to be the next leader. So let's, let's get into it. Joshua 3. It says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shedem and went to Jordan, the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing over. Now, just to, just to understand this, just to, to get the significance, probably most of you know the, jo- the Jordan River, big river here, goes from the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea. Pastor Mike has done a lot of uh, maps and things since he's been back from visiting Israel. But, but this is the boundary. This is the biggest uh, significant boundary now between them in the wilderness and going in to the promised land. This is for them the biggest significant boundary when they think of, of it, where they are from the wilderness, from the desert, going into Israel, going into, or, or what will become Israel, going into the promised land. This is the boundary. This is the boundary line. Never had they crossed this. Never had they gone back into this in hundreds of years since they went into slavery, since they, they left Canaan, since they went out. This is the boundary. So they camped there. They're looking over into the promised land. This is the land their parents were supposed to take. It's wild to think about. If, if Moses had obeyed God, and taken the promised land. Think about this. If Moses had obeyed God, they would have gone in and taken the promised land. One by one, Moses would have taken over the promised land, and we might not have a book of Joshua. Or we might have a book of Joshua, but it'd be very, very different. Like, that's crazy to think about. That's what he was supposed to do. But here they are. They're at the, they're at the, the Jordan River looking in my parents didn't do this. My parents were supposed to do this, and they didn't. They're standing at the Jordan River. This is after three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. It says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, the Levitical priests carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you'll know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark, but do not go Near. So when they were on the mountain, when they were on Mount Sinai, and Moses had to wait 40 days, we talked about this three weeks ago, this is what they had to wait for. This was God's plan. You have to wait for the tablets, the stone tablets. And, and he told him how to build the ark, the box that these would go in. This is what this was all for. This is what it was about. The ark would be carried by the priest. It was supposed to go ahead of them all the way through this would be put in the tabernacle eventually later on when they build a temple solomon's temple this is going to be put in the holy of holies this is one of the most important things for israel he says this is going to go ahead of you but stay behind it's about it's about a thousand yards stay behind don't get too close to it don't don't touch it don't get so close stay behind Verse 5, it says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead before the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. 
And the people said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priest to carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. He says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord is gonna do amazing things. When he says that, he's, it, the consecrate is make yourself holy. Wash yourself. Set yourself. This is something that the priests would do before they would have to do a, an animal sacrifice to consecrate yourself, to make yourself holy, to sanctify yourself. He says, do this because tomorrow God is going to do something incredible. God is going to do something. This is, we have to do this for an entire day right now. We have to make a, a holy day right now because tomorrow God is going to do something amazing. Let's do this. Let's, we got to get serious right now. And God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exalt you and be with you just like I was with Moses. And so the priests take the ark out into the middle. We're going to skip to verse 14 if you are following along. So it says, when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. It says, when the Jordan is that flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing, and it piled up at a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabia, that's the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossing over opposite of Jericho. The priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. What's going on here? So, so during certain times of the year, the, when it's dry season in, in the desert, the, the Jordan is, is pretty dry. But during this time of the year, and the, the water in the mountains is, is melting. It, the water down here in the Jordan is, is like a raging river. And it's steep, real steep banks. And they have to go down in these places and the, the water is, is, is flooded. And he says, go and, and step right there. And then they're carrying the ark and they do and the water starts to, to dam up. And they're supposed to stay, you know, about a thousand yards at least away from it. So they're in the river here and all the people are, are way down here and they can cross over on dry ground, just like the Red Sea before the people can cross over on dry ground. It's a crazy story, crazy, amazing story. We're going to skip ahead to, um, well, yeah, we're going to skip ahead to chapter 4. But before this happens, um, Joshua tells the people, God tells him to, to get the people, and he says, I want you to gather up 12 guys, gather up 12 stones inside of the river. Get 12 guys from the 12 tribes and gather up 12 stones from inside the river. And what I want you to do is pile them up outside to be a memorial of what just happened, to be a memorial of what we just did here and so that any time anybody sees this, they're going to know what God has done here today. So pick out 12 guys to gather these humongous boulders out of the river 
to be this memorial. This is what, what God tells Joshua to do with these guys. So, so just to save time. So verse four in chapter four. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had pointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes in Israel to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan's waters, the Jordans were cut off, and the stones were to be a memorial of the people of the Lord forever. They're supposed to, you know, a stone that you can actually put on your shoulder. Skipping ahead, so they do all that. They do what they're supposed to do. They cross over the river, the river. And they do this, verse 12. It says, The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over ready for battle in front of the Israelites as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord on the plains of Jericho. And that day the Lord exalted Joshua in sight of all Israel and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life just as they stood in awe of Moses. So they get, they get there and they say, don't, don't stop looking at the ark because we've never been here and you don't want to get lost. And they step into the river and the water stops. And they say, gather these stones. We want to make a memorial here. Twelve stones high and you, you got to you know, build the base somehow but these boulders and to, and to block it off, to, to stack them up. And then they marched in and they're ready for battle. And they say, we're ready to do this. Our parents got here and they were too scared. And so we wandered the desert from little kids till now. We're ready to do this. We're ready to take it for God. And they looked at Joshua like they looked at Moses. And they stood in awe of him all the days of his life. So for three weeks we've been talking about this idea of waiting on God. And then, and then God shows you what he wants you to do. And then the, the moment that we follow him, the moment that, that, that he speaks, and then we say, okay, Lord, I will follow you. Will I follow you? What am I gonna do when he shows us what he wants? Hopefully, you've gotten to the point where you say, okay, I, I, I will do that. When God speaks, I want to follow him. When God shows me something, then, then yes, I, I, I'm not going to push back. I want to even be willing to pray about something that might be hard to hear the answer. Hopefully, we've gotten there. And my, my biggest encouragement for you from this series would be seek God in something new. Lord, show me something new. Speak to me. Give me a new direction, Lord. Show me. Give me something new, Lord. I'm ready to wait, but I just want to hear a new direction, God. Just send me somewhere new, and I'm ready to wait, God. I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do, but show me what you have for me. Show me what you have for me. And just wait and listen and wait and listen. Are we willing to pray that prayer? Because that's a dangerous, dangerous prayer. 
It's a dangerous prayer because we are giving God the right to tell us what to do and we're saying, I'm gonna do it whatever you tell me what to do. If I pray that prayer, it's funny because he already has that right, right? If I've given my life to Christ, he has the right to do whatever he wants. But when I say that actively, then I'm saying, Lord, show me what to do. I'm going to do it. Can, am I willing to pray that prayer and say, God, show me what to do. Show me where you want me to go. Tell me what you want me to do. I'm going to wait and listen. You tell me what to do. I'm going to wait and listen. That would be my biggest challenge, my biggest prayer for you, my biggest desire to you from this series. Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to do that? And maybe you're here today and you don't even know if you believe in God. Say, I don't even know if I believe in this God stuff at all. And my challenge to you would be the same challenge to anybody else. God, are you really real? Are you really even there? Am I willing to wait and listen? Am I willing to really listen and see if there's an answer? Am I willing to listen and see, does God really speak? Because if there's a God that's really there, is he a God that will really speak? Is he a God that will really speak back to me? If you don't know if there's a God that's really real, are you willing to ask, God, are you really real? Are you really even listening to me? If that's you, I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to, to make a time because that God that you don't even know if he's really there, he really is and he really loves you and he has a real plan for your life. If you know that he is real and he, you know that you've given your life to him, he has a real plan for you. He has a next step for your life and it might be something that is really, really challenging, something that is really, really hard. And the harder it is, the more challenging it is, the more it will stretch your face, faith, the more it will um, take you out of your comfort zone. And that is when it makes you rely more on him. That is when it makes you depend more on him and go further in your faith. And so as we've seen with Moses and the Israelites spending time waiting on him, getting to the point where we hear him and then decide, am I going to follow him? And now into the point, yes, God, like the Israelites, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Are we to that point? Are we to that point? And so four things I think that we see in this, when we get to that point of saying, yes, God, I will follow you. Yes, God, I will follow you. No matter what you have called me into, I will follow you. Four things, I think, to remember. As you do follow God's plan, when you do say, yes, I will follow you, God. I've listened. I've waited. I want to follow you. I'm willing to go where you want me to go. It's a dangerous prayer. It's a dangerous prayer. But I'm willing to go where you want me to go. Number one. Try not to get lost along the way. As you follow God's plan, try not to get lost along the way. Joshua told him, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, when the Levitical priests are carrying it and you move from one position, follow, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. They were supposed to watch where the Ark went wherever it was going. Supposed to watch where it was going. Wherever it went, they were supposed to keep it 
in view. Try not to get lost along the way. Whenever we set out to do anything, whether we, we've done it before or it's brand new, when God calls us into something, even if we've never done it before, it's so easy for us because as humans, this is our natural human inclination to think, I, I know how to do this. I can figure this out. And we start to follow our own instincts on what, what I think is the best way, the, the right way, or the wrong way. And, and we just start to automatically try to figure out the, the best way to do something, the right way to do something. I think this is the, I, you know, I think this would be good. Uh, I think this would be, you know, this is the right way. This is probably the best way um, to do something. And we just automatically start to, to click through our mind the right way to do something. I won't use his name because I didn't ask for his permission, but he knows who he is. But I was on a, a, a committee here, a building committee. And there, there was a guy on, on our building committee who was a, a very um, amazing guy and, and uh, awesome in his field and, and knows very much about, about buildings and, and that's his, his field. But whenever we would be talking about um, stuff in the field of, of buildings and construction and those kinds of things, very often he would defer and, and push, push things back to what does the group think and, and praying about it to, to what does God think because he was not determined to just say, hey, I'm a, I'm a professional in building and construction and I know what's the best and, and this or that. He would defer back to God, defer back to the group, Try not to get lost. Keep your eye back to God. Lord, what am I supposed to do in this? This is yours, God. What am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to do in this situation? What am I supposed to do here, God? When we see that God has a, a, a plan, it's, it's easy to, to say, God, all right, I have given you the plan. I'm going to follow your plan. I call that the capital P plan. But the daily plan is the lowercase p, the lowercase p. Am I going to give that lowercase p plan to God every single day? And that doesn't matter if this is some new thing that we are following God in. This is a, a daily thing. Am I going to give my, my daily p plan to God every single day? Try to not get lost along the way daily p plan lowercase p number two as you follow god's plan the spirit will work through you as we follow god's plan the spirit will work through you joshua told the people consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the lord is going to do amazing things understand this is this is spiritual this is not just uh, something that you are doing because it sounds good or, or something that you're doing because you, you know you're supposed to. This is something that the Holy Spirit is doing inside of you. This is a work of God inside of you. This is what, what Paul says in Philippians 2.13. It's for God who works to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This is the Holy Spirit working together with us for the will and for the action inside of you. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit will work through you. And what does he say? To do something amazing. God is gonna do amazing things in you and through you 
if you are willing to follow God's plan. If you are willing to do this, God is gonna do amazing things through you. And this is where I was almost a year ago and God started to, to push on me and say, pound puppy, start to pray. I don't, you know, start to pray. And I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know where I was supposed to go. I didn't know what it was. And he said, honestly, it did not reveal to me what I was gonna be doing, but he said, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. I'm not gonna show you what it is yet. I'm not gonna tell you what it is yet, but it's gonna be amazing. And that's honestly all I had for, for almost a year. It's gonna be amazing. That's, that's what I can promise to you if you are willing to pray for this. God, I wanna do whatever you want me to do. I'm willing. I'm willing to go. What I can promise you is it's gonna be amazing. If you are willing to pray that prayer, I don't know what it will be, but if you're willing to pray that prayer, God is gonna do something amazing through you. Amazing in you. Because it is the Spirit working through you. As you follow God's plan, number three, He is growing with you every step of the way. Growing with you every step of the way. Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. That exalt there in the, in the Hebrew is, is growing up. Growing up. And, and why I didn't say he is going with you is, is because it is a, a, God is going to be growing you through the time, growing you and going with you through whatever it is every step of the way. As you follow God's plans, he's going to be growing you and going with you every step of the way. And that's a, that's a promise that, that he says, you're not just doing this on your own, and, and it's going to be to stretch you, to grow you as you go through it. Because I'll promise you, Whatever you, when you say, God, I will follow you, it's not gonna be easy. And that's the biggest, scariest part for us. When I say, God, I'm, I'm gonna follow you, get ready to be taken out of your comfort zone. And that's the scariest thing to us Americans. We love to be comfortable because America is a comfortable country. And we think, oh yeah, okay, whatever. You know, I have my taxes and my things and my this and my that. It's comfortable, man. We are so comfortable. It is. It just is. We don't want to be taken out of our comfort zone because it's nice here and it's awesome and it's great and we're used to it. And that's where we are. That's where we live. We don't want to be taken out of that. When we say, God, I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do. He says, okay, I'll do that. But I will grow with you. I will stretch you and I will go with you and I'll take you from here to here, but get ready and buckle your seatbelt. It's not an easy prayer, but it's an awesome prayer because God says, I'm gonna go with you every step of the way. I'm gonna grow with you every step of the way. And last one, number four, as you follow God's plan, if you say, yes, I'm ready, yes, I'm willing, yes, I'm gonna do it, God, make sure to use everything you have learned along the way. Use everything you have learned along the way. Here they are, the men of Reuben Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over ready for battle in front of the Israelites as Moses 
had directed them. What is this? The 40 years their parents had been walking around having to fight for their lives. And this is what they grew up with. Then they got ready and they got old enough. And for 40 years, they they were old enough. As they got old enough, they had to fight for their lives. Walking around, camping in the wilderness, in the desert. They never had their own home. They didn't have their own palace, city, fortification. They had to fight for their lives this entire time for 40 years. When God allows us to go through these periods of waiting and the hardship and the struggle and whatever it is that's going on through that time, this is one of the biggest truths that came to me when I said, Lord, why do you have these periods of waiting? Why don't you just answer? Why don't you just speak? Why, why don't you just you know, work in, in this and just show us what we're supposed to do? Why, why don't you? That time of waiting when we have to get on our knees and wait and we're saying, Lord, speak. God, I need you. God, I have to depend on you. God, I, I need you through this time. And we have to spend that time with God every single day, getting up with him, praying throughout the day, seeking him throughout the day. Maybe you're going through some kind of hardship. Maybe somebody in your family is, is sick and you're saying, God, where are you? God, I need you. God, I, I, I don't know what's going on here and you're, and you're waiting. Or you've lost a job and you say, God, I, I, where are you? I need you. I don't know what's going on here and you're waiting. Or you feel like your marriage is falling apart. It's, God, where are you? I, I need you. And you're, and you're waiting. Through that situation, through those time periods, the time, if, if we are willing, if we are able to grow from that, to depend on God from that, from those time periods, that is what we take into when we follow him, when we get to the point of following him. All that we learn from that time, from that waiting, from, that, from when it is so hard, we take into I'm ready to follow him. And that is, that is, man, that is awesome. Because we've learned so much from that, we take it into now I'm ready to follow him. And, and it's, if we didn't learn anything here, if he just revealed whatever, and then we stepped into it, we would still be baby Christians. We would still be infants. We wouldn't be ready. We wouldn't have the strength. We wouldn't have the encouragement. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't be ready. Use everything you learned in the hard times when you get ready to move forward as you follow God's plan. So there they are. Try not to get lost along the way. The Spirit will work through you. He is growing with you every step of the way. And use everything you've learned to succeed. So as you look over that list, as you take that in, think through that, do you have anything in your life? Do you have anywhere or anything that you've been dealing with? Anything you've been thinking through? Anything you've been seeking God or listening? Or are you willing to pray a new prayer. 
Are you willing to seek him in a new way and say, God, I'm going to listen. I'm willing to do what you would want me to do. Just show me. Just show me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'm going to have the the worship team come on up. I want you just to just to sit and just pray and just listen and just pray. If you want to look at that or just take time to talk to God and just pray. Just take a moment to get quiet with God. Do you have anything that would keep you from following Him right now? Anything that would keep you from surrendering your will to Him? Anything that would keep you from praying that prayer? Are you willing to lay that down if so? Has he shown you his will in anything? If so, can you pray this prayer? God, I will follow you. God, I will go where you want me to go. God, I will do what you want me to do. God, I will keep my eye on you so I don't get lost. God, I need your spirit inside of me. I want to see amazing things. I want to see what you are going to do, God. Amazing things in our lives. God, help us to grow. through everything that we go through. Help us to use what we've learned to succeed in the future. If you prayed for that, prayed through that, just lay it down at his feet.
Just give whatever over to Him that you're thinking about. And ask Him for clarity on what is the first step you should take. God, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, this series, Lord, that you would speak in new ways, God. I pray that you would challenge us in how to listen, how to seek you, how to let you push us out of our comfort zone, God. Lord, I pray that this would be a day that we seek to follow you in a new direction. Maybe we didn't come here with this anticipation, this expectation. But that we go out of here with a a new calling, God. Or at least the the willingness to listen for a new calling. So God, I thank you for everyone who is here today, God. I thank you that your word was spoken and heard. And we thank you for this time of worship and praise. We love you so much, God. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray.